Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Metro Buzz, where we bring on leaders of Middle Tennessee to kind of talk about their story, what they're doing, and see where this goes. And today, like I say on every show, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? We have Neely Boyd with us today. She has more than a decade of experience as a math educator. She launched Counting with Kids in 2019. Counting with Kids was built on a belief that high quality education information should be available to all families and that mathematical literacy is a necessary life skill. And Hi. we're excited to have her on. So welcome yes. to the show. Oh, welcome. thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, you know, it's funny. I always get nervous because we do our main show we do is the Chris and Sandy show. So yes, I'm always like when I'm like doing my intro, do I? <laughs> I was hoping he would remember. I was like, maybe it's good advertising for your other show you know if somebody's a fan of yeah. metro buzz and they don't yeah. know about your other show then you get a, a plug for listening to both of them exactly yeah, so i always like to start all our shows the same way because we're in a crazy time right now yes um so how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done to maneuver through it as a business owner yeah that's a great question you know um i started counting with kids in 2019 um and then kind of almost exactly a year before kind of the first round of oh, wow. okay. happened with yeah. covid um and you know i think a huge goal of mine is to get information in the hands of parents to help them support their children with math um and so in a lot of ways i think more parents had a need during school closures and um, time at home for math information. And so a lot right. of parents who maybe wouldn't have been um, looking for math information kind of had a had a increase to necessity for it. And so they were searching for it and parents were sharing academic information. Um, so I think in a lot of ways, COVID while a really challenging time kind of across the board for education, um, for for those of us who were sharing information kind of in the digital space, there was kind of a surge in yeah. people yeah. seeking out that information. Right. It, yeah. It's funny. Cause it, that's exactly what, you know, happened with us. You know, we started um, our, our, the Chris and Sandy show back uh, January, 2020. So a couple months before COVID and then yeah. all of a sudden, and our original plan with that, show is to do 100 interviews first year we thought if we could do that be a great foundation and then mm -hmm. COVID happens and as yes. we watch the entertainment world get shut down i was like you know this could be our time to shine because everybody's going digital you know yeah, everybody's yeah. going online and because of that we did over we've we're close to 500 interviews total when you count the chris and sandy show and the metro buzz now that's awesome yeah it's really i mean it's been fascinating to kind of watch all the ways that our society did a pretty quick pivot um, mm -hmm. yeah. around so many things, the way we receive our entertainment, the way we educate our children. You know, there was these big changes. And I think it's it's been really interesting because I think for a lot of people, like I, I didn't listen to a ton of podcasts before COVID. And then afterwards I was like, yeah. wait a minute, I got it. Like, I, we can't go to shows anymore. We can't like all this stuff right. we used to do. Um, and then you kind of realize there's all this information at our fingertips that 
that we weren't necessarily taking advantage of before. So that's awesome. That's really cool for your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, um, when, you know, I thought that the future of entertainment, I think, will be this, and I'm st- and you're already starting to see it. Is mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of artists and stuff, they were do- starting to do um, online concerts and stuff. I was like, you know, it because the technology has always been there, we just never done it, and for the most part. But I think now the future is you're going to still do your live concerts in person and you're going to set up an online stream so that the world can also tune in. Yeah, it's been so amazing. I think people have really realized how much further of an audience or how much um, bigger of an audience they can reach. You know, I when I started counting with kids, originally my work was kind of helping families in Nashville and and. Um, you know, it was on Instagram, but it was still like a little more of a local audience. And and now I regularly have conversations via Instagram, you know, with people all over the world. And it's amazing. And I'm like, what a cool kind of um, result of this that I'm not sure any of us anticipated that that we're able to connect with people and, and share our work mm-hmm. and share our art just across the world, which is so neat. Yeah. Speaking yes. of Nashville, I hear you're a super unicorn. So tell us what, <laughs> you, what yes. you think of the growth of the city. Cause again, Nashville has like exploded. Yeah. Yeah. It really has. You know, it's funny. I, um, I grew up in Nashville, um, born and raised here and then went to college here too. So I, have been in Nashville for a, a really long time. And then um, from about 2012 to 2016, moved to Denver. And oh, wow. uh, that was when kind of the big growth, it feels like at least to me, that was kind of one of the big growth phases of Nashville. And I remember coming back in 2016 and driving through the Gulch. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> and I truly, like, I had to pull over and get my map app out because I didn't, I couldn't figure out where I was and like what I didn't recognize anything. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been kind of just wild to see how much it's changed in just a few years, but it does feel like any good secret is going to get out. (laughs) And I know that um, a lot before the pandemic, it was like a hundred people a day moving there. Yeah. And based on what I'm hearing now, it's probably already back there again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't blame people. It's a great city. Um, we were, we were in Denver and we loved Denver and then Nashville just called us back and pulled us back. Um, so the growth while definitely kind of fascinating to watch is not surprising because I, I can't blame people for what well, I mean, that's there. like us, you know, although we don't live in Nashville yet, we're planning on moving there next yeah. year. Yeah. And, you know, we visited this year four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't, we can't, and it's like we're we're coming back probably around spring, and I'm like, that, it, it, that's a little bit too long. I don't want to wait yeah. that long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's so cool about Nashville, and I I don't know that a ton of other cities have this, is it it simultaneously has that community feel yeah. that you get in a smaller town. Yeah, um, but then you also have all of these great art venues, and you know cool restaurants and and things you can go to that you only get in a larger city. And so it's, you know, um, and like the beautiful parks, I mean, it just, it has so many great things. Um, And the people are great. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. You know, I remember um, about uh, right before we were launching the Chris and Sandy show and a lot of, some people might think this is something small to me. This was big. 
to, I mean, because again, small things matter to me. But I yeah. remember reaching out on Facebook and asking, and uh, us being in Savannah, asking um, if anybody had an extra mic laying around we could get. Not yet. Now I'm expecting somebody from Savannah to kind of say, oh yeah, I've got one, a podcast mic or something. I had a friend of mine reach out to me privately and says, um, I've got a mic. I'll mail it to you. Give me your address. And it was someone, and it was one of my Nashville friends. Wow. Yeah, it is. It's just a city where even as it continues to grow, it just feels like people go out of their way to help each other, yeah. you know, and it just feels like even, you know, whether you've lived here for four days or 40 years, you know, Nashvillians just have a community feel that, that I, that I think is unique. And I, I really haven't seen it in a lot of other cities. So tell us a little bit about the counting with kids, um, how that got started and your little background that helped you get that going. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so um, I started counting with kids in 2019. Um, at the time I was working as the director of math for uh, six schools in Nashville, three elementary schools and three middle schools. Um, and in that work, I was, I kind of oversaw the kindergarten through eighth grade math curriculum and um, helped principals at those schools train their teachers um, and just make sure that they had the resources that they needed to implement that curriculum. And so I was spending every day in classrooms, you know, with five-year-olds in kindergarten. And then in the same day, I was in an eighth grade classroom with 13-year-olds. And, and I just had this really unique opportunity to watch how the math our children are learning when they're young continues to build and grow as they go through school. And I kept seeing over and over and over again that the number one thing that children were struggling with was being able to apply the math they were learning in their classroom mm -hmm. to okay. real world problems, right? Yeah. The, you know, we remember them as word problems when we were in school and there's a million memes on the internet about word problems and, and the terrors yeah. of word problems. But, you know, that's that's really where kids were struggling. And then at the same time, my oldest child um, at the time was had just turned four. And I was watching us at home have all of these moments where, you know, he's eating a snack and we and I would incorporate a math conversation about how many pieces of snack he had and then he ate uh, some, yes. how many do you have left? And those are word problems. You know, those are the same yeah. word problems kids were doing in school. Um, but they just, they, that connection hadn't been made for them, that bridge between okay. what they were doing at home and what they were doing at school. Um, and so that's really where the idea came from is if I could put that information at parents' fingertips and, and I used Instagram as that platform, would parents find that information helpful? Would they start doing more math, um, at home with their kids? And overwhelmingly it, the answer has been yes. I mean, I hear from parents all the time who are like, I never thought about the fact that organizing shoes in our closet could be a math. math. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool to see that bridge start to grow between what families are doing at home and, and what's happening in the classroom. And you know, what's helped us too with our nine-year-old um, mm -hmm. every evening to stay afloat while we build the Metro Buzz and build um, our sh other show is we deliver food. Um, yeah. So our kids go with us on yeah. that. 
So ever since a while, for how long we've been doing it, little Chris would be on his cell phone and he would map out where we got to yeah, go. Yeah, he's the navigator. Yeah. And he'll say how many miles it is, what the distance And all is, that's helped him. And he's like a master in math because yeah. I oh, think yes. of all this, that, that of yeah. the miles and travel and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're exactly right. Like, it's amazing to see how when children are using those skills in a real world application, and they're building yeah. they're building the thought process but they're also building those positive feelings about math you know they're mm -hmm. creating a mindset about themselves like i can do math and so then when they're working on math in a math lesson in a math class setting they already have all of these positive feelings you know from, mm -hmm. from doing the math and mapping out the route and thinking about miles his mindset is going to be, yeah, math. I got math. That's, that's <laughs> and, and all that's helped him read too, because of course he's got to read the yeah. street names and yes. all that. And he and he'll sit there for yeah, hours and, and scroll through Nashville area, scroll through Chicago areas on his maps. And he, and and all and you know we haven't really sat down and taught him except the basics of reading, and he just picked it up because picked, of yeah. all this that we're oh, doing. Yes. yes. I mean, I, I think that you are hitting on a huge point there that I always emphasize with parents too, is the, the specific skills will come when you find something that they're interested in. That's and, it. That's and what you, can teach, you can teach addition through a hundred different interests kids have. But yeah. if, if your child loves maps and mapping out routes and another child loves playing soccer you know, you don't have to force each of those children to do the other thing. Like you can build nice. the math skills into their interest. And I think it's just your story is such a testament to how much when you find something that captures their interest, just like run with it as much as you can. It's a learning opportunity. And you know, at the, at the beginning, we didn't realize what we were really doing. And then after about a, a year of doing DoorDash and all that, Oh, we yeah. was like, oh, he's learning math. He's learning yep. to read, you know. Another interest he has is weather. He's huge into yes. studying anything yes. about weather. And yes. that involves numbers too, temperature. Yes, probability, like yes. do I need to bring my umbrella? What are the chances yes. that it's gonna rain? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, and it's mm -hmm. it's so much more valuable than the way I remember learning math, which was mm -hmm. sitting down at a desk <laughs> and doing a worksheet of problems and you know, I wanted the teacher to put that little star on the top of it. So I always did my best, but it was never yeah. something that really made me excited. Um, and I think you see the opposite when children have those applications and they realize like there's a point to this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. definitely learned that. <clears throat> now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the business owner and they think, oh, you know, oh, they're so lucky or they got it made. I'm sure you've heard it. Oh, you're just rolling in the dough and all <laughs> that. And, and so a lot, there's a lot of misconceptions on running mm -hmm. a business. And I always want to talk about the other side of the sacrifice side, yes. because I, I think the average person don't, you know, they, they work for this boss who owns the company and they don't realize that they put everything on the line. And I, and so tell, tell us a little bit about the sacrifices y'all have had to make just to get through all this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oh gosh, I'm pausing because where do you start? You know, there's so many. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that you just have all this flexibility and you know you can work when you want to and not when you don't want to, but the amount that you work is directly connected to how your business does, you know, and so and so there's not a 
like a clock that I'm clocking into. There's not a, a school day starting that as a teacher, I have to be there right when it starts. But I think I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I solve this new problem or, or, and you just hours and hours spent into or put into learning how to operate my website, you know, it just like simple stuff that I never would have thought that I need to learn is like, well, I don't know how to send out automated emails. And so now I have to spend three days learning how to send out automated emails or like I've, always worked for schools. They just send me the forms I'm supposed to do for my taxes. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So there's just the learning curve, I think, is really the part that... Now, did you I get hit with for. this? Did, did you hit get hit with this? Because your, your, your new business owners, the, there's one tax that 95% of business owners have no idea about until they actually get the bill. And that's the self-employment tax. That, that sounds right. I, um, you know, I have organized my, I hate, I hate to say it, but my husband does the like taxes part, but it's the organizing of all of the documents of things. Um, And definitely last year, last year was the first year um, that we filed, you know, with me only running my business and not having another job. And and there is that moment where you're like, oh, right. I haven't had anything withheld. This is different than what and I then on top of that, it's, you know, not on top of that, it's not just you pay federal and you pay state, but then you get that 15% self-employment right. tax. Yes. People forget when you work yes. for a company, yes. normally you're paying seven and a half percent in and the company's paying seven. Right. Half percent yes, in. exactly. Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, and you just forget to like, you know, for me working in schools all the time, they, they're always withholding a certain amount. So the amount right. that I'm getting in my paycheck already has some taxes taken out of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you run your own business and, forget about that. So it definitely was a, it's a, it's been, well, it's almost hard to quantify all of the changes that, <laughs> that have really happened over the past few years, but, but I wouldn't trade it. I love, yeah, let's know, flip the script and talk about the good side now, because we talked yeah. about, uh, you know, what, what are a few moments where you're like, wow, you know, th- this happened with our business or, or wow, this happened in our life. Yeah. You know, I think for me, those moments are when parents just take the time out of their day. They don't know me. They've seen me on my Instagram, you know, or they've come to a work, like they've come to a virtual workshop that I've done and they take the time to send me an email or send me a message and talk about something that's gone well in math with their child because of, you know, an activity that I shared or information that I shared. And I think those are the moments where I, get to see, like, you know, I I started this because I recognized a problem, which is that there wasn't enough information out there for parents to support their children with math. But then hearing from those parents and hearing that it is helpful and it is helping them feel confident working on math with their kids. I think those are the, the moments where I'm like, okay, this is, this is something I can keep doing. All of the challenges that we've talked about, you know, I can deal with those because this it matters, you know, parents want to be involved in their child's education and they want to help their child learn and, and they need resources to do that. So I feel really honored to be able to share those with them. 
And you know, a lot of people they see the lead of the business, but don't they don't see the behind the scenes teams that kind of help things run day to day from your PR team. So maybe yeah. employees and all that. And in our opinion, they never get love. So on no. our show, yeah. they get love. So take yes. a few moments to tell us about the team, whether it's one person or multiple people, don't matter. Um, team is a team that kind of helps you be who you are. Sure. Yeah. So um, I I have to start with my husband. He is the person um, that I go to just constantly with every question that I have. Anytime I'm like, I I don't I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Like you know, I'm used to working in schools where. I have a whole staff of other teachers and other people and I have people to bounce ideas off of. And he's just since day one been unbelievably supportive. He's kind of my unpaid employee because (laughs) he has his full-time teaching job and then he comes home and I'm like, so I have nine different things I've been working on today and I need you to proofread two of them. I need you to give me feedback on this third one. Um, And so, so he's definitely kind of, the number one person there. And then, um, you know, I have a wonderful PR person that I've been working with um, yeah, Emily is great. At, oh, yes, yes. at our uh, public relations. And she has just been so helpful. I think, you know, we were talking about a lot of the uh, pieces you don't expect about running your own business. Um, she's been so helpful in just kind of navigating like, oh, I didn't anticipate that that thing would come up um, and just been kind of like a great thought partner as I work through those things. Um, and that's, that's really it right now. It's been kind of a, a one person show with my husband and Emily, um, <laughs> cheering me on and providing great, uh, feedback, but, but yeah, that's, that's where we are right now. And, you know, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, our little we nine-year-old do. that comes yes, on, asks a few questions. So Sandy's going to go get him. I'll get him. Oh, great. And then when our two and a half year old daughter gets older, she'll be plugged in the show too. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, two and a half. I, I have to say, I'm a huge fan of the toddler years. Uh, <laughs> I think toddlers sometimes get a bad rap, but um, but I think it's such a fun age because you just see all those little light bulbs starting mm-hmm. to go off and they're their personality is starting to come out and, and all those. And they're never the same. Cause I tell you what, when we made it through um, with little Chris and his twos and all that, and everybody always talked about the terrible twos and all yeah. that. And we're like, Oh, this is a breeze. He's easy. You know, yeah. I don't know what people are talking about. <laughs> I mean, we, th- I mean, we thought we got this parenting yeah. Yeah. thing down and yeah. then Caitlin comes. Yes. Yes. And we're sitting there like, okay, we're yes. not as good a parents as we thought we were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, I had exactly the same experience. I um, I remember the toddler years with my son thinking exactly the same thing. I'm like, we've, we've got this down. And then my daughter is three and a half. So we're just kind of, we're really in the thick of the toddler years right now. Um, and she's, and she's the same way. Hi, Chris. Do you go by Chris or Christopher? Uh, which do you prefer? You don't. Christopher. Hi, Christopher. It's my nice Hi, Lisa. What's the favorite food? My favorite food is chocolate. I love anything that has chocolate in it. What about yours? Mine's pizza. That is a good choice. I think pizza might be my second favorite food. <laughs> Have you ever had chocolate pizza? Did you know they make chocolate pizza? Uh, I huh. had not. <laughs> You're like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> so what's the rest TV show? 
Okay, my favorite TV show. I love sitcoms, anything that makes me laugh. So um, there's a show I really like called Parks and Rec. Um, and that show is pretty funny. I always laugh a lot at that show. So I think that's probably my favorite. What about you? Do you have a favorite TV show? It's mine, SpongeBob. I love SpongeBob too. I still, I remember the SpongeBob theme song from when I was a kid and I still can't yeah. seeing all the words. And it's crazy. They still have new ones coming. I know. I know. That's so funny. My, I have um, Christopher, I have a six-year-old yeah. son. He's almost seven and he came home singing the SpongeBob theme song the other day. I think he learned it on the school bus. So you picked a good show. Sponge what's been cool is for our Chris and Sandy show, because we bring on artists and actors and actresses and all that, that a lot of shows that he watches on Nickelodeon and Disney, we've been to bring on people from his shows on our, on the, that's that show. awesome. For, so that's been pretty that's, cool. That's super cool. Like, like yesterday we had actually one of the biggest Disney stars currently, Ava Coker come. That is who so plays cool. on Sydney to the max on Disney. That's awesome. Christopher, did you get to ask her some questions? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah he loves it. Are you gonna have your own podcast? Yes. Older? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well next we're, summer, we're planning on next summer. Yeah, next soon. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. So what's a favorite movie? My favorite movie. That's a good one. Okay. My favorite movie um, is a movie called Legally Blonde which actually has another Nashville native in it, um, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, I love that movie. Yes, I love that movie too. I, that's one that I just could watch over and over again, and I never get tired of it. What about you, Christopher? What's your Mine is a Minions movie. That is another good movie. And they have they made a sequel? Is there more than one Minions movie? There's like four right now. Yeah. Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like all good children's movies. Yes, yeah. and there's going to be a new Minion movie yeah. next summer, right? Yeah. All right. That's good. We all and it's been it's crazy because yes. like, they've built such a strong brand because even yes. Caitlin, two and a half, if she sees Minions, she loves them. That's awesome. That is so cool. Okay, Christopher, I have a question for you. Well, two yeah. questions. Right. First question is, do you like board games? Board games? Uh, yeah, I play some at church. Yeah, you yeah. do? Okay, what's your favorite board game? favorite you played i don't know <laughs> like okay well you'll have to think yes. next time you play one and you really like yeah. it you'll have to tell me huh we have to yeah. teach them yahtzee yeah. oh I, that's a good one i love that'd be a good numbers one yes yes definitely there's, <laughs> there's a yeah. board game that we've started playing in our house recently um called genius square oh wow and it's like a hands-on tetris do you remember wow. like the yeah. video game tetris <laughs> Yeah, it's that's been a huge hit in our house. And yes. I was thinking about Christopher with that one because you were talking about how he loves the maps and the yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, you know, Scrabble and Yahtzee are probably two great ones for reading and math. Huh? Yes. Yeah, they really are. I mean, it's not really a good one for handling money. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Board games are a great way to learn math. And that's one of the things I try to tell parents is, you know, things like board games, card games, just incorporating those builds so many math skills. Bye, thanks. Bye, bye Christopher. It was nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, he loves to be on our shows. And, you know, we told him next summer we'll do some type of podcast for him. And I love it. That's awesome. It's so, it's just great. It helps it, so many skills for kids, just learning to share their thoughts and, and all that. I mean, it's a great, Great skill yes. set.
Uh, what are some sources of inspiration for you? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'd have to say, I think that I have always been really inspired by the students that I've taught over the years. Um, I think there's something about teaching where you just form this special relationship with the children that you work with. And I think each year that I've worked with new sets of students or um, in schools with students, you know, it just inspires me to keep figuring out new and better ways to, to teach and to improve education um, so that every year we can keep doing better and better work for the students you know, that we that. interact with. Yeah, I love that. And since we have a two and a half year old, what would you say is the best way to get her started with learning a little bit of math? And yeah, that's a that's a great question. I was um, I was saying to Chris that my daughter is three and a half. So we've yeah. just kind of gone through this phase with her. But um, two and a half year olds, like kind of the mid toddler phase. Yeah. It's so helpful for them to hear us talk about it. Um, and so there's a process that I call um, like narrating. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. call it that. That is what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a word, narrating. I think maybe yes. I can't it. No. <laughs> um, but I, it's so helpful for kids to hear us narrate our own thinking. Like okay. oftentimes if we're cutting, you know, apple slices and putting mm -hmm. them on their plate, we might be yeah. thinking in our head, I want to give them four apple slices. Yeah. But saying that out loud, I'm going to give you four apple slices. Okay. One, so and then two, you can see, yeah. Yeah. And counting to four mm -hmm. and then saying out loud, oh, I counted to four. Because we do do, do that. Yeah. We have started doing that. Last night, I heard her singing some numbers. She was like, <laughs> yeah. And that's the first time I'd heard her do that. She was going like five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. They're just at that stage, they're just soaking up everything that they hear around them. And, and so I'm always a big fan of just finding ways to incorporate math language at that stage also. Yeah, that's like in the play area at the mall here. Um, they've got these numbers that she can crawl oh, on. And we, yes, tell, we always yes, point, so what like that's, what's that number? Box. What's that yes. number? Yeah. Yes, that's so great. I mean, and I say that to parents often ask, well, how do I teach my child to recognize numbers? You know, what, what activity should I do? What worksheet should I get? And I say, there's numbers everywhere. They see numbers written on license plates, at the mall, you know, on cereal boxes, just everywhere you go, there are numbers. And so talking to them and, and pointing those out is, in my opinion, the best way for kids to start interacting with that. Yes. And what would you like your legacy to be as a business owner? What would you like to be most known and remembered for? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, at one point I had a teaching position where I was in charge of all of the um, interventions. So I kind of oversaw all of the programming that the school did to help students who were behind grade level um, in mm -hmm. math. And I remember saying in that role, you know, I'll know I have done this job well when this job is no longer needed. And, mm -hmm. and I think that a lot about um, counting with kids. It's like, if, if I do this well, then it'll be sort of like, well, wait a minute, we don't, why do you have an account telling parents about math? We all do math, you know? And so as, as much as I would hate to no longer be needed um, in this work because I love doing it, I, I do think that my goal is to work myself out of a job um, because then that means that 
math conversations are so prevalent in people's homes and it's become such a common everyday thing to talk about math with your kid that counting with kids is no longer needed. Yes. And if you could say anything to your clients and followers, what would you want to tell them? Yeah, I think that for so many parents, um, and I was definitely this way growing up, like I just saw math as a means to an end. You know, you do the math in your class and you get your grade and then you move on to the next math course or the next grade. Um, And I think there's so much power in creating environments at home that show that math can be joyful and that math is fun and that it's interesting and that it's like a puzzle to be figured out Um, because I think our our children pick up um, on our mindset. And so Mm -hmm. for so many parents who are thinking, you know, I don't want my child to have a negative experience, maybe like they had when they were learning math um, or they just want their child to enjoy math more than they did. I think the first Mm -hmm. step is just presenting math in a positive way um, at home and and the skills and the conversations, you know, parents get better at those with time. Um, but the most important thing is just having a positive attitude towards math at home. Love, Love that. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's say that you had a friend of yours and they had a business idea and, but they didn't know how to go about getting it going. What advice would you give that person to kind of give them the ump to go do something? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I always think that the best businesses are the ones that have identified a problem that needs to be solved. Um, Mm. And I say problem in kind of a general term, just like some kind of area of need that isn't being met yet. Um, And in the case of counting with kids, that was like parents needing more math resources. But in any kind of business with anyone who's starting a new business, you know, you want to identify here's something that's missing or here's something that the world needs that they're not getting yet. Um, And then I think it's so important for people when they're starting their own business to have an idea of how and why they are uniquely suited to solve that problem. Because I can identify a lot of areas of need in our world. And I don't have a skill set that I've built to solve those problems. So that's not the business I should go start. Um, And so I think when people have those two things, both the idea of here's this unmet need, or here's this area that could be served in a way other than how it's being served right now. And here's how I'm uniquely qualified or suited to go do that. Um, I think when you have clarity on those two things, you start to just kind of see some ideas for ways you can go about that. And then I think a lot of it is you just have to try stuff, you know, like once you know what you want to do, just try some things and you'll iterate and you'll learn and you'll say that thing didn't work. Oh, well, I'm not going to do that part anymore, but now I'm going to try this. And that seemed like maybe it worked. So I'm going to invest a little more time in that. And I think being willing to just try a lot of different things and know that some of them are going to fail is, is part of it. Yeah. Talking about fail. And I think we've failed at over a hundred business ideas <laughs> in our 19 years of marriage. Oh, yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause we'll try anything. Yes. Yeah. And you have to be willing to, you know, if you're, if you are too afraid of failing at something, um, then you're never going to try it. And then you're never going to know. And I think so often the next idea comes from what you learned from the idea before it. And there's been so many times, you know, that I've spent countless hours of my life working on some 
tiny piece of counting with kids that I thought like, this is going to be such a useful part of my business. And then it totally flops. But the process of doing that work and, and learning from that helps me see, oh, actually, I need to be doing this other thing instead. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, like next year, we're planning on around summer, fall or somewhere in there. Yeah. Because um, I don't really see this type of thing in any cities out there. So mm -hmm. I want to make Nashville the first one that yeah. I know of anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing a 40 over 40 charity event because, you oh, know, awesome. everybody does 40 under 40, right. 30 under right. but Nobody mm -hmm. recognizes our generation. Right. Alive. Yes. And, and it's like, you know, there's got to be it's like you, you have 40 under 40. And then you have lifetime achievements. Right. But there's a lot nothing of nothing in between. Yeah. Nothing in between. There's so much time in between. And usually, like, those are the years where people are really having the greatest impact, you know, That's because true. in yeah. your in the early phase of your career, there's still so much learning and, and exactly. growing that happens. But so often you see people in their 40s and, and 50s. Um, and 60s, you know, right before they end up retiring, where those are the years where they've really built an invaluable skill set and they're able to have such a great impact. I love that idea. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like you have you're you're seeing, you know, an, a need that is not met. Um, and and I love that. That's great. Yeah, because yeah, the, the idea is to is to pick the top 40 20 women 20 men that are doing not just at the highest levels within um their career but also in community so, i mean right. you can do giving all the, the things you're doing well. in yes. your career but if you're not giving back i don't right. want that person i want yeah. the people that, that somehow finds a way to do both yeah that's great i think that's huge that's i mean it's yeah, that's a fantastic idea. I absolutely love that. And, you know, you were talking um, earlier about failure and, and having different ideas and they don't work. And I was thinking in education, we call that um, failing forward. Mm -hmm. And that's probably something. Well, John Maxwell wrote a book on called. Oh, yeah, that's forward. great. See, there's all these things, terms that get used in schools. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, there's that came from somewhere. Um, but, you know, you just kind of hear it. It's like, uh, what what's the it's just common wisdom in schools, but it always started somewhere. But I love that. You know, it's so it's oftentimes I think as a person who's starting a business for the first time or, or you're yeah. you're mm -hmm. making a lot of sacrifices, you know, you're putting a lot into it. You're asking things of your family. It's scary you're to putting your ego on the line. Yeah, exactly. And it can be really scary to take that plunge and to take those risks. Um, because it is a risk, but I think having that mindset that every mistake I make or every failure I have in this work will come back and help me with something else in the future. You know, I can use those to help keep moving this work forward. So as we close, what's next for you? Gosh, you know, I think um, right now I'm just really in the phase of continuing to get information out there about math. Um, I think one thing that I'm really excited about is as schools open back up for in-person learning and, and as just kind of the world starts to open back up again, um, I'm doing more in-person events with families. So last week we did wow. uh, a story time at a uh, peg leg porker in the Gulch. Yes. Yeah. My husband was so excited. He was like, I can't believe you're doing it there. I've always <laughs> yeah. wanted to go try their barbecue. So, yes. so, so good. Good. 
Um, and, and it was really fun because we got to talk with parents about um, story time, which parents are doing, um, but there's yeah. so many ways to incorporate math too. And so um, I'm just excited to have more events and things in person in Nashville, uh, sharing kind of all the simple ways that math can become part of daily life um, in the things we're already doing. Definitely uh, love that. that. So awesome. as we close out, tell everybody how they can find you. Yes. Yeah. Um, so most of what I share is on Instagram. Um, it's at counting with kids, all one word. Um, and then I also have a website, countingwithkids.com. And that's where I share um, more of my in-depth resources. So the courses that I do and the workshops that I do um, all live on my website. And, and those are kind of the two main places you'll find me. Awesome. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we, we look did. forward to having you back down the road. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Chris and Sandy. It was really great to talk with you. I really enjoyed it this. Was, oh, it was a pleasure on our, our way too. Yeah, Thanks so thank much you. for your time today. Oh gosh. Thank you. Uh -huh, bye.